0: Hello and welcome back to Baby Shroom Pod, a podcast where I talk about whatever's on my mind. This week I am joined by, I'm so excited, okay calm down, someone so amazing, their name is Chris, and I have known Chris for a long time, but our paths seem to cross when we both kind of need it the most. Isn't it interesting how people come into your life like that? Like extraordinary people who are a part of your life exactly when you need them. And I feel like now is the perfect time for our paths to cross again. Um, This episode takes all kinds of twists and turns. I wasn't expecting, but in the best way possible, we decided to record to talk about life after the church and how complicated it can be to find your own spirituality post organized religion. We also talked about art and cancel culture and the future. Um and I just really really enjoyed talking with them. We will definitely be doing multiple episodes, I think. Cuz Chris and I stayed talking for a while after we finished recording. So anyway, I'm going to really try to make short intros, so let's get on into the conversation. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. Okay. Hi, Chris. Hello. Um, I'm just curious. What's the weather like where you are up in Oregon?
1: Um, today, it's been pretty like rainy. But there's been these little peaks of sunbeams coming in and my cat was laying across the table just like fully basking in the sun um and i went on a run this morning so it was pretty nice chilly but but nice maybe get snow next week it never really sticks but i'm so stoked
0: just to watch it (laughs) totally yeah we got snow two weeks ago like real snow because we haven't gotten much, but when we have, it's been for real. And it was so yeah. exciting because I look forward to it all year. I know that sounds so cheesy, but it's so no, beautiful it's and so I love beautiful. it. And
1: are you in Santa Fe?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Because it actually stays around when it right. snows, but it's more so yeah. like you get a dusting on the mountains in the distance and it's so dreamy. Right. I see why people get stuck here and never leave because it's right. so
1: fucking oh. charming. My spouse grew up in El Dorado near Santa Fe mm-hmm. and his mom still lives there. And uh, just like right in the middle of the desert and watching snowfall, it's unmatched. It's so beautiful. It's
0: ridiculous. I want to live somewhere else with Franco to explore, but I'm also like, hey, we're coming back here, right? <laughs> uh, we're going to live right. here. The home base. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can leave for a few years, but like, I got to come back to this place. Yeah. Um. So... We've known each other for a really long time. I was thinking about it when I was getting ready. I think we met in like ninth grade, eighth grade. I th- I'm sure that
1: we officially met in like ninth grade. Mm-hmm. However, I think that in fifth and sixth grade, I knew somebody that you were friends with.
0: Mm-hmm. Can't recall her name, blonde hair, um, you know, you think in New Mexico, I'd remember a blonde-haired friend, but I can't right. think of one. But Maybe actually, Kimberly, go ahead. Kimberly, something like oh, that. she was my neighbor. Okay, yes,
1: yes, yeah. So I, she was in my oh, fifth-grade class, and I just always uh-huh. knew of you because, like, you were friends with her, and I That's saw her. That's so around. crazy.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I was thinking about how, you know, we've had obviously very different lives and a lot of different things have happened but there's also a lot of things in our lives that are so parallel it's it's crazy yeah and I
1: think too with friends or acquaintances there's Mm -hmm. always been people that we were friends with or acquaintances with but never really met and even Franco I met in high school
0: musical in right yes (laughs) because I was asking him like when did you meet Chris and he said that I'm like oh my god because it's he was saying like people tell, ask him sometimes if he was in theater, not because mm-hmm. he's like a theater person, but because he has that part of his personality, you know, and I totally see that with you too. And it's just so funny to think of that forever ago.
1: Yeah. You can tell when people were theater kids.
0: <laughs> sometimes though, because I teach people will ask me, they're like, so did you study math? I'm like, no, I'm, a, I'm an art person. I'm like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Cause you're not like the other math teachers not like the other math teachers (laughs) but I think when we like met met and we took a driver's ed class together we were both pretty involved in the church by then oh yeah
1: yeah very that must have been eighth or ninth grade right Mm -hmm. yeah and you grew up in a Christian church and I grew up in a Catholic church.
0: Yes. When I was a lot younger, like until I was about 10 or 11, we were pretty devoutly Catholic and I went to like I catechism. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so weird because when we, when I got older and we became like Christian, it was kind of weird to reconcile the two ideas within me. Um, Yeah I don't know it's hard to explain but Franco and I talk about it because he went to Catholic school too when he was younger and then later in life became oh my god I see your cat and your reflection of your painting I'm sorry.
1: They're everywhere right before we started before I clicked the zoom link he was Uh like munching his kibble like the <laughs> loudest I've ever heard him munch and I'm like can you go somewhere else
0: You're like we do not need cat ASMR in this I'm sorry I got distracted it's, it's just I saw like <laughs> I saw some chunky cat legs and I just I had to say <laughs> yeah but um yeah it was very interesting because there's like two layers of reconciliation I had when I left the church but you were like in the Catholic church through most of your life
1: yeah, till I was nineteen was when I like made the decision to stop going. And it's so mm-hmm. funny because you know how in the Catholic Church it's a mortal sin to miss church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And even if even if you were sick, like I went to church when I had the flu, like very sick, which is so weird, not land well. Of COVID. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Not at all. So like at 19, just the fact that I decided to miss mass on Sunday was like a huge deal. And the amount of guilt I felt even in that was incredible. Just unbelievable
0: guilt. You know, that's kind of um, a part of finding yourself post-church is compartmentalizing what you should actually feel guilt and shame for versus what you shouldn't. Because basically you have guilt and shame for just existing. Mm -hmm. Anything you do as a person is wrong Mm
1: -hmm. unless you're doing
0: it, yes, unless you're doing it to the T of what you're told to do. And even then you can't do it perfectly because Mm -hmm. you it's impossible for you to.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is a really complicated thing because it manifests, at least in me, with like my relationship with food and exercise and art that it's like this, it's gotten better. But this very unhealthy, like almost... How do I say it? Just feeling ashamed of like, I'm hungry and I want to eat something. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I shouldn't have eaten that.
1: Yeah. There's a piece of deservedness Mm -hmm. that no matter what in the church, you are never going to be deserving because you always have sin. You always have original sin. So no matter what, even if you like fully accept Jesus in your life, whatever, you can never be like deserving because he's like sacrificed himself right so it's like right. the ultimate sacrifice, and you're just trash on the side <laughs> of the road and so then you have to like relearn how how to value yourself because yeah. in the church you don't really get to have value as an individual
0: that is such a good point see this is why i love talking about this with people who have been through it because there's shit that i realized that i did not Connect. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All these years later, I've been gone from the church for a long fucking time at this point, like nine years, and I still I feel like I'm barely peeling away.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, there's layers and layers and layers. And you know what's so interesting is the the thing that really brought me back because I had left the church for a long time, kind of went into atheism like mm-hmm. fully, and I was like, what else do you do after you leave? Right. This- that felt a little culty yeah Uh, but then finding my own like footing in my spirituality that it it was really like psychedelics helped me Mm -hmm. to it felt like I was made out of clay and I was like layers Mm -hmm. upon layers upon layers of Mm -hmm. something and then I'm just like this little tiny thing right in the middle that's been so wounded (laughs) by (laughs) these layers that were instilled in me like They were never my original ideas they were never just you know a part of who i am Mm -hmm. they were like these are the rules and if you don't follow it then you are a shell and so it just became like all of these shells connected to each other so that's really the thing that got me to start like self-reflecting on the amount of damage that was done because otherwise i would have just kept going on and being like yeah it was just never true and not realize like how much it affected every layer of my life
0: yeah that's kind of the really it's a complicated thing to explain to people because they don't see the connection between like a religious experience to like a cult experience of like you can't just leave like it it depends on the church you go to you can leave you know but when you leave you're not just saying like okay I'm not going to go to this place anymore and I'm not going to leave this thing You're leaving like all of your sense of self, your community, Mm -hmm. the people who are guiding you, the people who may be supporting you if you need help financially or with your kids or your friends, like all of these things you're sacrificing. And then you're going into a world where now you have to make decisions for yourself and you don't have the tools to do that. I mean, that's why it took me like two years to officially leave because it was so scary. Like even the smallest things of like, where should I get an apartment? Mm -hmm. Or like, what kind of car should I get? Or can I wear this? Or how do I want my hair to look? Like these tiny decisions you don't even think about, you don't know how to think about them. You don't know, like, can I do this? And then you think, well, who's telling me I can't? Why can't I? And then eventually finding a balance where you're not overindulging or underindulging, but it's Mm -hmm. so, it affects every layer of who you are and how you see yourself.
1: And because it's so existential, right? Like the whole concept of God and the church is like, this is something that's so much bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. therefore you have to follow it. So when your entire framework is made out of this ideology like you, you do not have permission to develop your own identity right. or even when they say like that doubting or questioning is a sin all on its own. Just yeah. the thought out is a sin. Then all of a sudden you're a bad person, no matter what. And I don't know, do you get that kind of thought loop of like, I'm a bad person? Yes. Constantly, constantly and from the church.
0: Yeah. And you having to t- like, get out of it. <laughs> yeah. And having to really think about it and be like, why do I feel like this is a bad thing? And then sometimes it is because sometimes I'm like overindulging. And then sometimes mm. it's like, I'm just fucking tired and I want to sit down and that's okay. I think that's been the hardest one because that's the idea of like, if you're not doing stuff to further the nation of God and God here on earth, then there's something wrong with you. There's no time for rest. Your rest should be with God. So even just sitting down and thinking, I want to veg out and just watch some TV or like, I want to take a nap has been so hard to convince myself that doesn't make me a bad person to want to rest sometimes.
1: It like assigns morality to everything when there's so Mm. many things in life that are just, they're very neutral.
0: That is so true.
1: Right? Like to say, I don't, unless I'm doing something, I'm not worth something. Then it's Mm -hmm. like the moral judgment of this is like food, for example, this is a Mm -hmm. good food. This is a bad food. This is a good thing. This is Mm -hmm. a bad thing for me. And then when you get into that cycle, then you have to, you have to eventually be like, I'm the bad thing or I am a good thing and assign morality to yourself.
0: And it's never ending because it's a a nonstop Battle And so I will say, ironically, these COVID times, and I'm literally alone 90% of the time because Franco leaves to work. And when he comes home, we're together and it's wonderful, but he also needs his alone time at home. And I have never had to be by myself like this because I've always been working or really involved in the church or really involved in my like way more than I should in my job or school. First time I'm not a student either and I'm just alone and it's like I've had to develop that internal dialogue and break down some of those horrible things I say to myself because um, I don't have anyone else to blame. I'm home alone. (laughs) I don't have like um, anything else to do instead of just working sometimes or thinking internally. So it's been really challenging and I see why so many people avoid this and just over busy their lives because it is very challenging, but it also has been so good for my self-esteem and so good for my internal dialogue.
1: Yeah, I think I said at the very beginning of COVID, like, and everybody was like, how could you say this? But I was like, I really think that this is a powerful and needed important thing that's about to happen Mm -hmm. that individually and as a society, we have to have some like very serious growing pains and to be cracked open in order to tear down these systems that no longer serve us like on a societal and individual level. These these structures that we have had in place this whole time were never serving us, but we Mm -hmm. haven't had the time to pause And I don't remember who said this. I think it may have been one of my clients of calling it like the great pause. Mm -hmm. Like we're forced to take a pause and be with our own thoughts. And as you know, I've always been an introvert. So at first I was like so stoked to have (laughs) just like time by myself. Right. And like, even now I love working from home and counseling, doing therapy from home, just as effective Mm -hmm. as doing it is in person. Um, And it's been awesome. And
0: it's, it's given
1: me, I think, to the, the time away from other people's like energies, like their stuff. Cause I'm, I think too, with the church, I'm easily influenced. Like Mm -hmm. I've, I've said for a while, I need to be very careful of cults because I think I'm very <laughs> susceptible to I, getting sucked into
0: one. <laughs> I honestly tell Franco sometimes, like, if we were born in the 70s, I 1 million percent would have been in a cult and devoted my whole life to it. 100 percent, yeah. No problem. Yeah. Easy.
1: Yeah. I have to constantly be on the lookout of even just, like, interesting belief systems or things that I like reading or listening about. because. I'm so susceptible to just clinging on to any Mm -hmm. framework that somebody hands me and being like, well, that makes sense.
0: Right. Or people even who are just like interesting and energetic and you're like drawn to them. And then suddenly you're like, oh my God, is my whole like way of thinking revolving around this one person and their ideas? It's so easy. It's so
1: easy. So COVID has given us like the forced space. Yeah. And I think without COVID, I still would not know who, who I am authentically. And I'm still on the journey of that. I feel like we all are, but COVID without it, I was still like, I think a mixture of like my clients or my supervisors Mm -hmm. or the people I went to graduate school with. And then of course the like ingrained childhood stuff that I was in with my siblings or my parents Like, it's like every single person that I've come across has added something into my um, consciousness that wasn't Mm -hmm. always fitting to my own, like moral compass or code, but I had no idea that you could like have just you.
0: Right. And change it and hear yourself. Yeah. I completely like, I could not agree more. And this is so funny. I think I said this before we started recording or I don't remember anyway, that Chris and I have had very different lives. And yet so many similarities, it's it's crazy, but I'm a super extrovert. I love being out with people. That's how I like get my energy, but mm-hmm. it's like, because I wanna be wrapped up in their lives and not my own. Not that I don't love my life, but there was just so much work I had to do on myself. And I was not interested in that. And also <laughs> I think I got my sense of um, worth I like sacrificing myself to my job because, right. and I'm sure you get this. I work with the public. It's like a mm-hmm. civil servant job. And I feel like yeah. that makes me worthy to exist and that or any helping fields. Right. And yes, is a part of that true. Do I get my worth from it? Of course. But also being at home, I got to realize like, maybe I want more from my life. Maybe it's okay for my life to be about me. <laughs> maybe yes, it's okay for me so powerful <laughs> maybe it's okay for me to be the main character of my own life yes. what a concept
1: <laughs> like what a wild thing to consider like I know we can do things for ourselves yes and that's it like it's yes. not you don't have to s- subscribe like a label of like that's selfish or that's like even this word self-care like it's just doing the bare minimum right for
0: yourself right <laughs> And it's honestly, it's living without the shame of doing the bare minimum for myself. And then also being like, Hey, if you really love yourself, you'll get up and do some yoga because you know, it makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. And that's also self-care is like, I'm going to have to be tough on yourself, but I need you to fucking do this for
1: us. Like developing the inner parent. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about discipline because in the church, discipline has a whole different meaning. And so I, because I went like straight from church to atheism, <laughs> which mm-hmm. isn't where I am now, but I, I went very directly to the other side. So then I could not recognize that there is some place for like healthy discipline mm-hmm. with myself. Like now mm-hmm. I'm doing, I do 20 minute paintings as soon as I wake up so that I still have the stream of consciousness. I don't look at my phone. Oh, I go straight idea. into painting as a daily practice. And these are just like on these little squares. They're oh, like yeah. so
0: small that you've been sharing. your like, yeah, okay, here's TikTok. what I want to focus on today. I yeah. love those. I didn't know you were doing them first thing in the morning.
1: Yeah. It's as soon as I wake up. Um, it's actually after I saw social dilemma, which I thought was so powerful, but I realized yeah. like how much my phone and what I saw was influencing me. And that even the people, like, I would go straight to reading, like, something somebody would post, and then to the comments. I wouldn't even take the time to develop my own opinion about it.
0: Like, somebody else tell me what I should, what is the morally thing to feel, which is also the very complicated part, sorry to derail for a sec. the very complicated part of this, like, I don't know, kind of, like, weird idea that we have of, like, wokeness, of, like, hey, you should think about yourself. But also if you don't agree with us 100% and share our our one idea about this, then you're the problem and right. we cancel you. It's like so complicated because it's like that's that's beside the point. Like, shouldn't I develop my own idea of it and then bring right. my own idea to the, the Openness table? to learn that like, yes. if somebody
1: presents you with new information and you can have the openness to learn, but if somebody is just like canceled and not allowed to be like, come back in any kind of way, then we're not giving room for like the very real thing that people grow and change and learn. Like I used to be hardcore, like pro-life for example. Right. And now I'm like very much the opposite, very much an advocate for being pro-choice and pro-abortion sometimes, honestly. I think,
0: oh, sorry, go ahead. I, no, you go ahead. Cause I, (laughs) I think that ironically, people who have left the church have a better understanding of the best way to bring people back into the conversation. And that a lot of people I think that are running this idea that we have of like cancel culture and what we're all supposed to believe are not people from the church. And they've never have been. And they don't understand how easy it is to lose your sense of self because you were raised in it or because you're scared and you're looking for something like a lot of these people that we see that are like what we would call like the radical right or whatever, or like even people in the KKK, it's not like they had a very good life and they were supported and that's how they ended up there. Right. Those they were groups, shown
1: compassion.
0: Yes. Those groups are preying on people who are the most vulnerable and you will do yeah. some insane stuff when you are vulnerable like that.
1: Mm-hmm. For a sense of belonging. Because yes. there's, We've had to come to a place of a sense of belonging within ourselves, coming from a structure that's like you can only belong in the structure. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, how cults are set up or that yeah. kind of mentality is like, if you can't be with yourself, you don't have anybody to rely on. Mm. Like, we are here because we support this thing. And then yes. suddenly somebody's like very much sucked up into that ideology.
0: Yeah. And you get so there's not a better way of saying it, brainwashed to thinking that you're stupid and you don't know any better and you should be so lucky to be a part of this thing. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, the next thing, you know, it's like, you think you want to leave, but where are you going to fucking go? Like, what if that's where you live? What if that's your, what if that's how you raised your whole family? And that's how everybody believes, you know, it's, um, it's just so funny that people who, were religious and said and probably did things I think so many times like thank god the internet wasn't a thing when oh I was my like god, a yeah. teenager because Oof, I would have never my- been able to have a life all the things I used to think I believed I didn't know any better and then mm-hmm. now it's a totally different experience but we see this I don't know we see it differently
1: yeah I think it's like broadening once you're out and exposed to people who are different from you then you can start realizing like i I heard this great quote um like i try every day to separate myself from the broth that i was cooked in but ultimately you are cooked in that broth right so you can't truly ever separate yourself from the broth which i think is like our constant battle with guilt and shame and Mm -hmm. like that it's nearly impossible to separate ourselves fully. So that's Mm -hmm. a part of our life journey is to constantly be on top of it or trying to work against that. Mm -hmm. But just like anything, if we grow up in like a a white household, Mm -hmm. we are going to have innate privilege that we cannot see. Right. And until we like work constantly and over and over and consistently For the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We cannot like we can't separate ourselves from the broth that we grew up in, but we Mm -hmm. can certainly try and by being aware of it.
0: And I think you brought up a great point of that growth is just not linear and it's very complicated. And unfortunately, it's really slow too. Mm -hmm. And that's like a sense of compassion we can have for people who are trying to learn and grow, is that. People will still like fuck up. Does that mean we cancel them forever and we never give them a chance again? I mean, like- What's the point in that? Then they stop ever ever wanting to try to change, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, nobody has ever been shamed into believing something else. Damn. How is it? Yeah. Shame does not work as an effective change maker. The only Mm -hmm. effective thing is compassion, love, and kindness Mm -hmm. and really showing people like- that if they, if they view you as a part of the out group, somebody who's different from them, the only way right. to help them move a little bit more towards openness is to like, be kind and compassionate right. and try to hear them because when right. they just see like, oh, this person is listening to me. Like I thought that those people like right. wouldn't even listen, you know, that's the, the time that somebody will actually consider changing. Never in my yeah. life have I changed because somebody shamed me.
0: Right and that doesn't mean to not have like standards for people and to not have expectations but if you see that they are obviously in a place where they're considering growing but they're not quite there yet um yeah I'd say be kind of open (laughs) give them a chance. Franco and I watched this movie but I can't remember when I remember I'll put it in the show notes but it was um a Muslim woman who was meeting with members of the KKK to try to understand how they got to that point. And what happened like with the several people that she met is it started in this like contentious place and she was just open and loving and answered and asked them questions and wanted to hear them as people. And it was like, you could see on their faces like I didn't know somebody was gonna listen to me. I didn't know we were actually gonna talk.
1: Right. I came I for battle. I didn't yeah. come for a conversation.
0: <laughs> and then a, several of them left because wow. they realized like, wow, I was really sold a lie. But until you see something different, because you're convinced that they're the enemy, you're con- right. no matter what group it is in the church, you're convinced that they're heathens and sinners and they want to hurt you and they want to bring you down.
1: And also at the same time that it's your responsibility to save them.
0: Exactly. That actually, okay, wait, gotta take a pause, but I have a, I have something I really wanted to say about that and I want to hear your thoughts on it, but let's pause for just a sec. Hey. Sorry for the interruption. (laughs) I'm going to start doing these inserts here to just let you know about some ongoing projects I have that you may not know if you don't follow me on social. Um, I am very proud to talk about my book, The Year of the Dog. It's a collection of poetry and flash fiction, as well as my collage photography. I talked about it in the first episode, so if you are curious about my work, you can hop back there. But I am really excited to start working on some new poetry projects and a new collection. That is in the works, hopefully will come out in the summer. So before then, if you'd like to check out my um, already published work, I will have that in the show notes. You can get it on Amazon for $12. And I'm starting to work on some new collaborative pieces with that poetry and my photography, which I will be featuring on my Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you can find me there at Baby Shroom Art. It is also in the show notes, and I hope to see you there. Okay, back onto the episode. Okay, What I was going to say is I realized actually through COVID, because I've been alone, that I can really hear people and um, really listen to them because I'm not constantly thinking of like, okay, so then when do I get the chance to invite them to church? When do I get the (laughs) chance to explain how they're sinners and Jesus can save them? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can enjoy having a conversation with people. What is that?
1: (laughs) I can actually listen to somebody. You're not like caught inside of your own. I think that there's a lot of ego and I think that there's a mm. really healthy amount of ego that's really important. I don't believe in this whole idea of um, like ego death and like trying to kill off your ego because right. ego is what helps us function in the world that we live in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it I had noticed like it kind of gave me the church gave me a bit of a complex mm. of ego where mm-hmm. it was like like, okay, as soon as they're done talking, like, let me get my point across. Like, I wasn't hearing anything that they were saying. It was right. just like, what can I do to change their minds?
0: Right. And I don't want to hear their perspective. I'm not interested. And if I try to, um, it's going to somehow get back to the people who are the leaders of my church that I was doubting or questioning.
1: Yeah. And then The I'm defensiveness. Gonna- like, I can yes. almost feel it in my body that when somebody was trying to, how I perceived, like, change my mind, I would automatically put these, like, quills up of like no like defense of of what they were saying so that i could automatically have a tunnel to say my next piece before Mm -hmm. they even have explained anything
0: right and then the really shitty thing is a lot of the things that they were saying if i just listened i would have noticed a lot sooner like oh maybe this isn't the right thing for me but it's here's also the complicated thing is when i did get really involved in the christian church For that first two years, I really needed it. I was about to go down a very bad and a very dark path. And I was very susceptible to anybody who was going to sell me a way out, you know? So in a sense, there's like a part of me that's grateful. And then there's a part of me that's so mad at myself because I wonder how different my life could be or how different I could have perceived myself. But it's like, that's the journey. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. The journey of growth. I have to accept that to was a good part of nuggets it. Nuggets
1: in there, like there, yes. there really is. I think of um, like worship music specifically,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how beautiful and moving that music alone is. But mm-hmm. when you're like doing it together, like in this community, and I realized a couple of years back, I went to a Unitarian church because I'm trying to, I was trying to like explore like what is life after Catholicism Who and atheism, like who am I now? And just the concept of being in a room full of people singing, creating community, how beautiful is that? And it really made me like recognize that the churches that are set up, they really are for community. And that community is essential to us as human beings.
0: Well, I was... uh... I was thinking about how it's like the only true socialism in our country is like it's community (laughs) socialism. We all get a part of the pie. And yes, there is one leader and there are like the church leaders, but they're, they're all there for you. Like Mm -hmm. when I was younger, they would like buy me school supplies and make sure I had school clothes. And if we needed help with bills, they helped us with it. And it was a place where I could go to with questions or confusion and like uh, that is the thing that was the hardest when I left was not having that community. I still I listened to Christian music for many years after I left because it was just like just gaping hole inside of me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I still sometimes do, especially mm-hmm. the songs that because my mom was the guitar player and singer for the Catholic Mass that really? I really yeah know that was my mom, myself, and my sister Patricia who would uh-huh. sing like the life teen songs right that were very um it was so strange because the catholic church had their kind of nose turned up about life teen because they're like that's not the catholic (laughs) way you know it's too christian or whatever and it's like it doesn't make a difference but um i still listen to some of that music every once in a while when i'm missing my mom because it's like the one thing that brings me back to that place Mm -hmm. and There's some music that's just absolutely beautiful.
0: It is. There's some that it just, it makes me emotional just listening to it and not for any, actually, sometimes I like to imagine the parts that are about God or about me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this song is my song to me. Because there are songs that I just cannot let go. They're too beautiful. Or I like to think of them as like my my past family members that I feel with me, that I like to think it's about them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say like f- discovering yoga and the uh, studio when it was still open that I was in for a year and a half, it closed because of COVID, but right. that was the first time I felt like, oh my God, I can have community. It can yeah. exist and it can be spiritual.
1: Yeah. Yoga was also my first experience outside of the church where I had spiritual experiences, mm-hmm. specifically hot yoga mm-hmm. in Las Cruces. Um, at a place called Indigo Studios Mm -hmm. and like you're in 110 degree heat doing these crazy body movements for like 90 minutes in this room full of people and there was twice that I hallucinated afterwards because I was getting these like now I know them to be like very spiritual messages but Mm -hmm. at the time I'm like wow I'm very hot (laughs) I am very warm that I'm hallucinating
0: isn't it amazing what we'll tell ourselves when we're having an an experience and we're so like scared of it we're like oh I'm just warm that's all that's happening
1: yeah you have to go to logic yeah especially after leaving the church it's like it felt like my only option is to make logic out of everything right and it wasn't until I started accepting like that there really is something bigger and I still am not comfortable saying like God Mm -hmm. because it doesn't feel fitting to my belief system at all
0: right but it's something
1: there's something I mean the the experiences I've had are undeniable at this point in fact if you want to I have a crazy story about learning about my spirit guide Oh. This okay, is if like... you tell
0: me, it'll make me feel better to tell you about my crazy <gasps> spirit story yes, that I'm so embarrassed talk to talk about, about, about. And I don't know why I'm embarrassed, but go I ahead. I wanted
1: to tell you this because the only person I've told is my spouse because it right. is so nutty. So I started journaling like two years ago, not every day, but for a while I was pretty dedicated. Um, and I did this, uh, i I've, I've just been trying to look for somebody to call on from the other side, besides my mom. Cause it's kind right. of felt like her role in my life has moved forward, even after Mm -hmm. she died, like that role has been passed. And I'm sure that there's going to be a time in my life that I call back to that. But I was like, I need to know like the name of my guide or somebody in my soul family that I can talk to or call on because I feel so awkward praying. But you want to pray, right?
0: Yes. You're like, I need to talk to somebody. I need some guidance. But like, wh- who am I talking to? I'm like, what am I going to do The our father? Like, I don't know how to
1: pray, <laughs> I know how to pray you know? Oh and so I did this. Um, I got really into the concept of past life regression and just learning about that kind of stuff. So I did a mindfulness meditation that was based on figuring out your spirit guide. So mm-hmm. I did it and I got the name It was like in scroll letters in my consciousness. And it was like K R Y um, O N or K I E R O N. It was very definitively a K and the name Chiron. And at the time I had never heard that. And in fact, when I came back, I was like, well, that's silly, but I'll write it down. Like, I don't think, You know, and for a while I was again trying to logic it and being like, what does Chiron mean? And like looking it up, but there was nothing. So that was October, 2019 months go by. And I'm like, you know, heavily interested in astrology and just kind of looking things up. And I was hearing on a podcast about Chiron, an asteroid who affects birth charts, Um, but also in mythology, Chiron is a centaur also known as the wounded healer, also known as the mentor counselor. So I was like, wow, that's crazy, right? Is
0: that me or is that me? What's happening? Yeah.
1: So just that alone, I was like, okay, that's weird, you know? But then I saw the spelling and it was C H R I O N. And in my head, I'm like, no, it was for sure a K. It was 100% a K that I saw in my mind. There's no way that that matched that. So I just, went into like learning about Chiron because I thought it was fascinating. Still didn't make the match. Mm -hmm. But then I was journaling on like the meaning of Chiron, how he's the wounded healer, which I very much like am a a part of that archetype, I think. Um, And then I looked up the freaking symbol for Chiron. It is a K. It is the symbol for the planet. The asteroid of Chiron is a K with like a little line and an O. And if you recall, it was K-R-Y
0: yeah.
1: or K-Y-R-O-N. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing the symbol of Chiron and hearing phonetically the name Chiron. And when I put that together, I was like, I was shaking. I was like, yeah, that's this crazy. is the most powerful thing to have. Because I didn't trust myself still. I was like, oh, right. mindfulness brought me this name. You know, I was right. like mocking it. And when I, it was the the symbol of the letter K because I was so sure that I saw K and not Mm -hmm. Mm CH, even though in my mind I was trying to make it fit. And I was like, well, my name's Chris, CHR. Like that makes sense. But (laughs) until I saw that K, I was like, holy shit. Like Chiron, the wounded healer, of course that would be a guide of mine. That perfectly makes sense. And And so now I call on Chiron when I need help.
0: I love that because here's the crazy thing here's the amazing thing that I have discovered working on my own spirituality is like, if it makes sense to somebody else, cool. If it doesn't, who fucking cares because it's mine Mm -hmm. and it's for me. And that's why I went on that journey anyway. So I love that idea because like, I think if that happened to anybody else, would they have made the connection or wanted to devote more to it? Probably not because it wasn't for them. It was for you. Or you my know interest I
1: mean? in astrology. I yes. would not have come across the asteroid or the mythology about the centaur if I weren't very interested in astrology. There's mm-hmm. no way I would have made that connection.
0: Mm-hmm. Or if you hadn't listened to that podcast, yeah. you would have never known. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's rare astrologers use the the centaurs, the asteroids, because it's mm-hmm. such a like niche thing that people specialize in it. It's not something that generally they use. And so it was this person who did a podcast and the title of it was Chiron and the healing journey. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) And that just led me through this whole thing. And then I bought a book and everything that's related to the mythology or metaphor with Chiron
0: makes Mm -hmm. sense in my life. You know, it's interesting. And I wonder how you feel about this. It's one of the hard things I've had to reconcile leaving the church is this idea that there isn't like a plan, that there isn't something written out that we're following, that there isn't like a reason for everything, but that we can make reason and we can make, um, meaning mm-hmm. and like, um, synchronicity totally exists where things come together when they're supposed to and that if that is meaningful to us, we can make meaning out of it. And that's fine. Yeah.
1: That it, it really doesn't matter if there's like intention in the universe, but mm-hmm. the fact that it continues to happen, the, the things I used to call coincidences, right. That all it took was the shift in my mind to say, like, this makes sense for me. Yeah. That, that's the only thing that changed from coincidence to synchronicity.
0: Totally. And that if I want to share it, I can, but I don't have to. Mm -hmm. I can have my own private thoughts, which is a crazy concept Mm -hmm. for people who are (laughs) post-religious. And then I can have my own internal journey and I can share it with the people I love, but I don't have to. Yeah. I don't need anybody's permission Mm -hmm. to believe this thing I believe.
1: Right. It kind of reminds me of like the concept of confession like having to yes. confess to another human being mm-hmm. your faults the mm-hmm. things that you already hate and are ashamed of you for yourself and sometimes not even ashamed of and having to go to this priest this yes. human being and being like i did this you know i lied to protect myself right you know like all of these things that looking back i'm like that's horrendous to teach That you can't work on yourself, like, for yourself by looking inward. You have Mm -hmm. to go outward for that.
0: Right. That you can't have a private internal dialogue. That whatever you do needs to be approved. Mm -hmm. And to be human is the mistake in the first place. Yeah. So then you're too afraid to even let yourself make mistakes or take risks because you don't want to fuck it up.
1: Which prevents you from life entirely yeah. like that's the whole point of life is to can be a lifelong learner
0: mm-hmm. and
1: always learn life's lessons like you come into it yourself and even if you make the same quote-unquote mistake multiple times mm-hmm. you're learning from it every single time and that's the point not like the mistake mm. that was made right but the lesson that you're choosing to take from it
0: it's interesting this is related unrelated but i was telling franco yesterday because we we're somewhere with a piano and I was just playing with it. I don't know how to play the piano, but he is like, you're so funny. I brought you here to relax and you sit down and you're like, I'm going to teach myself the piano. <laughs> but anyway, I was telling him that I think this might be the first time in my life. I might be open to learning an instrument because I am more comfortable with the idea of growth yeah. and making mistakes and learning. And it seems like something so simple that anybody should be able to do is like take risks like that. Cause it's not even a huge risk, but, people post-religious it is very risky yeah
1: have and you prevented yourself from doing things because you're afraid of being
0: green or new at it 100 i i feel like if covid had not happened i would have never started exploring my own personal art again because mm-hmm. i've always been drawn to painting and drawing and all that jazz but i always was like too ashamed and embarrassed mm-hmm. and um there was a mutual person that we knew that was in the driver's ed school with us who convinced me that I was a shit artist anyways. There wasn't a point of trying. Mm -hmm. And it's taken all of this time to finally accept that, you know what? Who cares? Who cares if it's not perfect? I'm just going to do it anyway. it's not
1: for getting better. You don't even have to get better at art. It's just for the sake of creation.
0: You don't have to be a product. You can Mm -mm. just enjoy it. Yeah. I wanted to hear more about, cause I totally cut you off. Finish telling me about your art that you do in the morning slash yeah. is that any relation to your spirit guide.
1: So I did a, it was called the Arts Medicine Festival by somebody named Alexis Cohen, mm-hmm. C-O-H-A-N. Um, and she is like basically a guide for opening up to your creative self. So I think everybody could use creativity. And I think there's some of us that it's like, that is our birthright. Like we are supposed to be creating in some way or another. Um, And I've always been a doodler. I've always been a drawer, but I had a similar experience in high school where people would say like, or do you remember when anime drawings were really popular? And I've never been one to draw out anime, but there was always this like, that is the good way to art Mm -hmm. and mine was bad. Uh And so then I started resenting art, like, yeah, I'm good at it, but I don't, like, I don't want to be associated with it Uh um, because it was about the product. And so I did this arts medicine festival a couple months ago online during COVID. Uh And it was so awakening and recognizing that the same way that I've had to develop discipline through movement and exercise and running, Uh that I have to do the exact same thing with creativity because I'm not going to always want to create that's just the simple part of it. And so she, she encouraged people to develop a devotional practice and making it attainable. So not putting rules on it. That's Mm -hmm. like, I have to do, you know, two hours of creation or it has to be paint or it has to be this way, like Mm -hmm. really make it simple. And so I have like two inch by two inch white pieces of paper. Mm -hmm. And I, I, because it's the stream of consciousness, as soon as I wake up, I just think like, what, what am I meant to like channel today? And somebody mm-hmm. on my TikTok um, basically said like, oh, is this like divination? And I had never thought of it like tarot cards, Yeah, but it is, that's the way it it's, totally it's happening. It's like this morning I did fear because I had that nightmare last night, but right. I'll sit down, I'll kind of, i light a candle to kind of open up the space and I'll think like, what am I supposed to like channel through today. Sometimes it's nonsensical. Sometimes right. it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes it's like very directly, like today I did fear, you know, like it makes yeah. sense, Yeah. but either way. And sometimes my brain will be like, I don't want to do fear. I want to do happiness because it wants <laughs> to reflect only on good, positive things, Right. but I do not and cannot subscribe to this, like Love and light always, because that is Good not how only. life is.
0: No, and I also no. think it's very detrimental to you being able to hear yourself yeah. by thinking you're not allowed to experience the range of your emotions. Right. To be honest, I think that's true freedom. To be like, mm-hmm. I'm in a bad fucking mood, and I want to be in a bad mood, and then and I'll get like... over it, and then I'm fine.
1: That yeah. Yeah. you can ride the wave of emotion, and that yes. that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to yes. fight against it or, like, be – in denial that you have anger or aggression or grief or like all of these things that are quote unquote bad. And even thinking back to the church, like just give it up to God and yes, you know that that doesn't make any sense because our human nature is to experience. And so when, when I'm doing these cards and like a negative thing comes up, my automatic is like, I don't want to, but that's the whole point of the discipline Mm -hmm. and listening to myself Mm -hmm. that whatever comes through the first thought, not my second thought, because it is stream of consciousness. That is the thing I'm meant to reflect on. So even if it's Mm -hmm. like really, even if it's violent, that that is the thing I am meant to reflect on for that day. Mm -hmm. And It isn't always even reflection, but just like I'm asking spirit to come through the art and show me like the light, the vibration, the frequency, the patterns of the word that came to mind or the feeling that came to mind. And that's what's coming through. And it's been mind blowing to see like even things I don't catch after I paint it, I'll like look back on them and be like, holy, I didn't even see this part of it. And it makes sense way after the fact.
0: It's actually that, okay, two things. One, it's so challenging to find your spirituality outside of the church because you're a little bit resistant to it because you're like, I don't need any part of that because that's just taking me back to another place. But being open to it and open to the journey of it is so fulfilling and so enriching and so wonderful because there's a reason we were drawn to the church in the first place we have that desire for spirituality inside of us Mm -hmm. but now it's just discovering our own spirituality right
1: and going inward it reminds me of the alchemist yeah right totally like you have to go inward for the Mm -hmm. journey you're not going to find it externally
0: i saw i wrote it down and realized it didn't read well written down you kind of have to say it out loud but i was watching I don't know, some show, who knows? I should write down where I get this stuff from. <laughs> but the, this per- it was like a competitive show and this person didn't win or they were being sent home. And they're like, I'm not gonna stop doing this art because the only way to get there, and by there they mean wherever this art is taking them is by going there. And it's mm-hmm. like the only way to discover who you are internally is to go internally. And that seems so counterintuitive, but it's really hard for people to reconcile yeah. that, you know, um, I was going to say, sometimes I do that with like my little alien girls that I draw, because I don't know why I want to draw them. I just get such a clear vision of them in my mm-hmm. head. And I do one and I did one today and I finished it and I looked at it. And I'm like, that's me. What the fuck? Like, oh. I didn't know that How as I was do doing here? it. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm looking at it and it doesn't look, look like me, but it is me. Do you right. Know? right.
1: It's, it's the essence. You can like yes. just feel that it is you. And I yes. think that that's very similar in both of our art. Like, I don't know why I'm obsessed with painting octopi and <laughs> squids right. and whales over and over and over again. Right. I, I have no idea why, but it just comes out and I'm mm-hmm. like allowing it to be so. Mm-hmm. But have you seen that movie, um, My Octopus Teacher?
0: Actually, it's on our queue. We saw it (gasps) the other day and we're like, damn,
1: we should watch that. When I watched it, at first, I went to a judgment place because being ingrained in the church, my brain goes to judgment first. But I was like, man, this guy is like creepy in love with this octopus. That was, my, that was my judgment. But then you watch it. He documents his like friendship with this octopus from right. the time she was young all the way until she dies. Like he wow. documents the entire journey. He dives in the same spot in the same ocean every single day for a little over a year. Wow. Like that was his practice. That was his devotional practice, the totally. same way I'm doing the art mm-hmm. and when I learned about like how versatile and mischievous and funny the octopus is, I was like, oh, like that makes sense. Those are the ones that show up most often in my art. And they can change color to fit their surroundings. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit like chameleons. Mm -hmm. And it just like all came together, highly recommend that movie. I'm very excited. I can't believe how like judgmental I was for a second because the love for this octopus that this man has is so deep, but
0: it's so beautiful. I will say, I I do really think the things that we're quickest to judge are because they're about us and we Mm -hmm. don't want to accept it. And so we go defensive as soon as possible. You know, it's like things we just don't want to see. But it's just, it's funny that you see that like with the octopi and you, because with my like little alien women, they're always like, yeah, they're like reflections of parts of me that I have not come to terms with yet. Yeah. And then I just have to see it. And then it's like, I have a realization of like this one that I did, she's like a little pink girl crying. With these big, beautiful bows and she has sparkly eyes and she's so cute. And then she's also crying, which I love. And I thought was pretty and also kind of sad, which is a lot of my art. And then I'm like, bitch, that's you as a kid. What are you going to ever accept that you were a kid? You didn't sign up for life. It's okay. Let it go. (laughs) Yeah. Like your inner child
1: is allowed to be
0: sad. Yes, It's allowed
1: to be hurt. Yeah. And also like developing our inner parent is what can help heal that kid and be yeah, like really. it's okay to be a lifelong learner like you do not know how you don't have to know how to play the piano right away nobody does right that's not how that this works but I think in media too we're blasted with like these two-year-olds that are like incredible at yes. piano or something like that that they already know everything and then we're like well what's wrong with me that <laughs> I don't know how to do this without practicing or showing up
0: <laughs> but then you're also like what do the rest of their lives look like? That's a crazy yeah. thing about media is that we see this moment in time and we crave it and want it and think like, there's something wrong with me that I'm not there, but it's like, what does the rest of their life look like? Right. Because, we don't see it. Right. Like even artists that I love and I admire so much and I want so badly to be like them one day. I also think like, yeah, but they had to give up their normal job and do this full mm-hmm. time and that is fucking scary. I have yeah. done that before. I do not have the personality to do that, and it is okay that I need a regular job in order mm-hmm. to enjoy my art, you know? Right. Yeah.
1: One of my favorite pieces of you is the yoga one, where there's, like, the black and white kind of background on one side, but then this, like, oh, opening up. of yes. On the other side, I have it in my table right now, oh. but I want to frame it. Um, it has, it, it, it just speaks to like this underneath, like I think we do very similar shapes in our backgrounds totally. but kind of like bow, not bows, um, like almost targets over and over again in rainbow type thing. Mm-hmm. I loved that there was like this black and white piece underneath her mm-hmm. moving towards this like openness because that pose is so vulnerable isn't it? Yeah. It's so open. Like your yeah. whole heart and chest has to be open. And when I saw that, I was like, yes, that is the <laughs> spiritual experience of yoga.
0: Well, I've told people, cause I've had, I've, I have people who ask me about yoga. I'm sure you do too, where they're just yeah. curious or they don't get it. And they're like, you're just stretching. What's that about? Or they're like, I tried it, but I was just like crying all the time and I didn't want to do that. Or it was really hard. And I'm like, that is what it is though. That's the journey crying all the time. That's the yeah. point. That's I know. Like, I think I, thing. I cried for like two months, yeah. like every day because it's so intense and that's the like internal journey. People will stop because it is, it's really scary and it's oh. really intense and if, if you let yourself just push through it, you get to see the like fruits of your labor, but yeah, yoga is a lifetime practice that only rewards the longer you do it.
1: Right. It reminds me too of like, as a, as a counselor, I tell my clients all the time, because when they get stable in their life, when they're feeling good, suddenly all their trauma comes up mm-hmm. like in nightmares or dreams, like mm-hmm. it's when you're feeling okay and stable that our brain has this ability to be like okay like level unlocked
0: all this childhood trauma <laughs> you're prepared now you're right. ready everything you thought you forgot yeah actually happened it's and gonna i'm going to show happen. you yeah and i think that that's
1: a very similar process in yoga yoga is counseling but internal somebody mm-hmm. said um like yoga is prayer through your body rather than through your mind And I thought that was beautiful. I like that. Right? It's really the movement and it's a prayer to self is how I interpret it. But when you start yoga, of course, you're going to feel like, or pigeon pose, like the aggression and the anger.
0: Yeah.
1: And you're like, why am I like this? Like, I'm so terrible. I mean, you know, but it isn't until you can like realize you can settle into a pose and feel angry and aggravated Mm -hmm. and you do not have to place a moral judgment on that
0: it just is
1: is. because that
0: life just is look at us in (laughs) sync we did not time that it just happened (laughs) It just is okay i honest to god i could literally talk to you for like five more hours where you're so easy to talk to i think when you visited we talked for like seven hours straight Yeah. We went on this long drive to to this beautiful open piece of water, which I almost fell in as soon as we got there. And it was so much fun. And we were gone for like a long time. And Franco texted time. me and was like, hey, are you like coming back anytime soon? And I'm like, oh shit. Oh, because we went out to eat first and then mm. we took a long drive and then we walked mm. outside. I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> no,
1: I, it, it feels very natural though. Like I think anybody who's any, anywhere near your soul group, it's kind Mm -hmm. of like without knowing them, you, you feel like you're just talking. Because when you visited, we didn't really know each other. Yeah. It felt like we had known each other forever. Exactly.
0: And even now we haven't talked in like forever. Like, yeah, we've, we message and share stuff, but like, it's a, I feel this way about, I actually feel this way a lot about Franco now where it's this like, so um how do I say this I don't have as much judgment for myself and it just yeah. flows and it's like oh yeah I Feeling know
1: relationship
0: yes and I feel that like talking to you is, is all this stuff that I don't have to explain because I know you have felt it also mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah there isn't there isn't going to be a
1: judgment based on it because there's like the openness of the journey that we we've both been on independently totally. And I've been thinking about how like secure relationships like are so healing and it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It can be a family relationship. It could be a friend. It could be a stranger, but like having that secure attachment of I'm going to show up for you, even if your full shadow comes out, like that I'm still here and I'm not judging that part of you. Right. There's something incredibly healing. That somebody can receive and perceive you in every every evolution
0: that you turn out to be mm-hmm. and then it makes you feel even more so like okay well then I'm going to continue exploring myself because for some reason these people keep showing up so fuck it what am I afraid of I might as well I just know. go forward you know yeah there's no way but forward <laughs> mm-hmm well I um the end of this season is in March but I 1 million percent would like you to do another episode with me I would love that there was so much we could talk about we should just talk about like yoga the next time yeah I mean this could
1: expand into like days yes (laughs) (laughs) We could have a whole separate podcast yeah. just
0: talking about this stuff.
1: Synchronicities, yoga, spiritual art.
0: awakening. Yes. Art. Yeah. Every section. Oh shit. I didn't tell you my spiritual story. I'll just call you later. Cause I'm like, oh now gosh. we I just totally need to talk more it. often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop the recording. Thank you, Chris. So okay. much for being on this. This was so much fucking fun. Yeah. It was my
1: pleasure. This was brilliant I haven't had a conversation like this in so long yeah
0: that which is why you should start a podcast because <laughs> then you get to have oh. these all the
1: time no maybe this will be the inspiration to get me to do it
0: fuck yeah sounds good <laughs> So if you enjoyed that and you want to see more from Chris, you can find them on Instagram and TikTok at Cosmic Soul Paint and on Facebook at Cosmic Soul Paint, which I will list in the show notes. They have some awesome um, new paintings up, um, art process videos and Jogging through the Pacific Northwest, which I love because I live vicariously through Chris (laughs) because I've always been interested in living in that part of the country as a uh, desert baby. I just so love this conversation and I really hope Chris is thinking about making a podcast and I hope they do because they have such interesting ideas and I definitely want to record again. Chris and I talked for like a long time afterwards still, so... We can make several more episodes in the second season of Baby Shroom Pod. Uh, If you want to see more from me, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon, Baby Shroom Art. Um, I'll list this in the show notes. I'll also list a link to my book. I'm working on my second one. We'll see what happens with but if you're interested in seeing like how I work through my process, I do post a lot of that on Patreon. A lot of rough drafts, a lot of reading through things I'm working on, a lot of before and after um, videos and images. So if you're wanting to see more of that, definitely check it out there. Uh, next week, let's look at the calendar. Who do I got next week? Looks like i you'll be hearing from my amazing friend Amber. We're doing um, an episode about self-love and discovery, which is perfect with Valentine's Day coming up. I'm very excited about that. Um, and then I have about one, two, three, four, five, six, about seven more episodes, six or seven more episodes. I'm going to take a break, get through the rest of my semester and come back with a strong season too. I have a lot of people I'm thinking about reaching out to, a lot of guests I want to bring back. so. Anyway, I'm rambling. What's new? Thank you guys so much for listening. I I hope you like this episode. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, please like, not like. Can you like on these? Rate? Rate. And what is the, it's like rate and when you leave like a comment. I'm such a bad podcaster. What the hell is that called? Anyway, if you could rate and comment. <laughs> Oh my god, this sounds so stupid. Um, Your feelings about the pod. That would be awesome. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear about what you'd like to hear more. And then I believe when you rate and comment on the pod, um, more people can see it. So maybe I will do... I'm working on some baby shroom um, merch, actually. Maybe I'll do a giveaway for people who do that. Stay tuned. I'll have more info next week. (laughs) Okay, Monique, enough. Uh, Love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And I will see you next time. Bye.